0: it builds upon itself a little bit. But I'm going to start off here with our verse that we've read every week so far, 2 Timothy 1.7. If you didn't know it by heart a month ago, I hope you know it by heart now. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Man, the first thing that we talked about in this series is that fear, so many times we get this impression that it's coming up from the inside of us, that it is inside of us. But I'm telling you, for the born-again believer, your spirit is not filled with fear. It's filled with power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is an attack. It's an outside attack. So we've been talking all this last month about how to uh, t- tighten and shore up the walls of our mind, so that when that fear comes against us, it has nowhere to go, has nowhere to take root. And, and then for whatever reason, when we do let a little bit of fear in it's like an attack that's a bit successful you know what you do when somebody successfully attacks you you fight back like those NASCAR guys that I saw that video of yesterday they were it was a good fight in NASCAR yesterday I don't know if y'all saw it it was like watching hockey there was punches thrown Google that one too Uh, it was it was pretty impressive Uh, the smart guy left his helmet on The not as a smart guy took his helmet off and and helmet guy landed a few punches well the helmet was smart And honestly, I hope you got your helmet on, because when fear comes against you, Man, when you are focused on who Jesus is and your salvation, that's why it's called the helmet of salvation. Salvation is a lot more about the door being open to heaven. That is the best part. That is the most amazing gift we've ever been given. But do you know what else comes along with salvation? When you look at that word in the Greek, it involves the well-being of your body, your mind, your spirit, even finances, uh, being prosperous. Listen, that word salvation, there is so much It and when that is our focus, when we magnify who Jesus is and what He's done in our lives, I love that word magnify. If you've ever used a magnifying glass, you know what you're looking at through that magnifying glass looks way bigger, and everything else around it looks way smaller. Listen, when you magnify the Lord, your problems will begin to look smaller and smaller. The circumstances surrounding you will begin to look smaller and smaller, and you will be operating out of that sound mind that you've been given. That's in there more than ever, right? So you've got everything you need on the inside of you within your spirit. Every promise, every good thing that God has given us, it's in there. I'm gonna read a few verses here, lay a quick foundation, and then I'm gonna talk a lot about dirt, literal dirt. Like the dirt you see outside in the ground, the dirt that we, it, it's, it's this powerful picture that God has been trying to show us revelation through since the very first week of creation. And I'm, I think it's going to be a really great way to close this series out. Next time somebody tells you you're just as plain as dirt or whatever, it's going to be the biggest compliment you've ever been given. Matthew 6.33. You know this one by heart probably too, at least part of it. Spiritually, the promises of God, they're resident in your spirit. Everything he's ever said to you, it's right here. Every promise is yes and amen. We sang about it. Matthew 6, 33 talks about the other things that we might need, the outside things. Don't worry about these things, Jesus said. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously. He'll give you everything you need. You probably know it by heart in the King James. That's probably how you learned it in Sunday school. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You will not find an instant moment or or, or a a part of Jesus' life where he's worried about this. I mean, he's standing in front of maybe up to 10,000 people. He has a few loaves of bread and a few fish, and he wasn't worried even a little not only about what he would eat, what about all of them would eat. Because he knew this promise that when you seek the kingdom of God first, he will supply everything you need. We see this throughout the whole, throughout the whole Bible. There's this uh, great story of Elijah the prophet who has a very hard word for the king. And really, uh, he, it's a hard, he could have been instantly put to death for standing in front of the king and saying, it's not going to rain in this kingdom anymore until I say it's going to rain. But the Lord told him to go give this message to the king. And then this important part, when he leaves, after he said yes to the Lord, after he was seeking the kingdom of God, basically saying yes to the Lord, he leaves there and God says, now go to the brook. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. There's a lot to that. Like you might know the story about the ravens feeding Elijah. But when I was younger, I always had this image of the ravens because they can fly, bringing him food. But that's not what the Lord said. He said, go to the brook, there you'll find some ravens and they'll have food for you. He actually had to go to them. This brook to this day is about six, seven miles long. So there's a chance he even had to walk for a while to find these ravens that had the food. But my point in saying this is that when you say yes to the Lord, when you seek first the kingdom, it doesn't matter if you find the food in your fridge or if you find the ravens with food somewhere. He will supply your need. Jesus did not walk around worried about where he was going to sleep, what he was going to eat, or what he was going to drink. The same spirit that was in Jesus is now resident inside of you and myself. Not only have we been given, and as every spiritual promise of God deposited within our spirit, even the outside stuff, he says, I'll take care of it all if you just seek the kingdom first. In fact, if you want a tough message... Just read those words from Jesus there, how he started that. He goes, don't worry about what you will eat, drink, or where you'll sleep. This is what the unbelievers worry about. Just stop right there, because that's a little bit, that could be a hard word for somebody. But here's the best part about a hard word, man. Jesus isn't leaving you there. He's saying, here's the answer. If you found yourself worrying about this stuff, just know that you don't have to anymore. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Just stand up, move forward, and make a decision. I'm going to seek the kingdom, and I will find, or God will send whatever the physical need is. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that you believe that. One of my favorite verses here is is 1 John chapter 4:17 because it talks about just how much like Jesus we are on the inside. Just how much like Jesus our spirit is. It's one of my favorite verses. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. That's a powerful verse. I want to read it out of the Passion translation as well because it emphasizes a little bit of this uh, part that I want to emphasize. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment. Man, this whole series has been about saying no to fear, saying yes to that sound mind you've been given in Christ. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is So are we in this world. John wrote this after Jesus had died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he wrote these words, as Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Man, that is powerful. The promises of God are yes and amen. I love that song we sang. Yes and amen is one of my favorites. I want to give you a quick reminder and a testimony. Last time we sang yes and amen, talking about God taking care of what you need. Austin had a word and he said, hey, grab your family, put your arms around them and sing to them that the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen. That was powerful man i was standing beside my daughter or at least standing a couple rows away from her and i looked over at her i said the promises of god are yes and amen a couple hours later at work she's hosting at a restaurant a gun fell out of somebody's jacket pocket hit the ground and went off in the restaurant two feet away from my daughter But you know what two hours before she was standing beside me and because of a word god spoke through our worship pastor she's standing right beside me today that bullet didn't ricochet and hit anybody it went into the floor that's pretty rare it was a crowded restaurant in the lunch rush on a sunday and there were no injuries that is powerful And it's not just a chance that we were declaring the promises of God over our families in that moment. That is powerful. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. We have authority over that. We can walk in authority and we can walk in the favor of the Lord so much that the truth found in the book of Isaiah that no weapon formed against us will prosper will just be something that we're operating in. That's awesome. And then for whatever reasons, when we do see something coming against us and in the natural, it looks like it's prospering. We still stand on the word and declare the word and believe that we'll see a different outcome. What we see right now is not the final word. If you're still here, it's not over. If you don't quit, you will win. That is why Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. This NASCAR guy will tell you, the only good fight is the one that you win. That dude that landed three or four punches, he might get a fine, but guess who doesn't look like a punk in the video? The guy that landed the punches. (laughs) The only kind of good fight is the one you win. And Paul says, fight this good fight, because sometimes it might feel like a fight, but don't bow out. Don't leave the ring before the bell rings, you're going to win if you don't quit every spiritual blessing and promise is resident in your spirit every physical thing you need God said I'll provide it as you seek my kingdom this is the message that the Lord has trying to get through to humanity since the first week of creation what am i talking about all right in 5 days God created everything we see He created the earth, and the earth was waste and void. And then everything above ground from that point came out of the ground. Every animal came from the ground. The trees, the plants came from the ground. Even Adam himself was created from dirt, and then God breathed life into him. Think about this. Everything you see that is above the ground to this day came from the ground. I mean, this podium, this table, was made from elements taken from the dirt. This building was made from elements taken from the dirt. Your iPhone was made from elements taken from the dirt. And do you know, every one of these elements was in the dirt 6,000 plus years ago when the earth was created, right? It took us however many years to figure out how to build a space shuttle from the dirt and take it to the moon, but all this stuff to do it was there 6,000 years ago. Every bit of it. It just took people a little bit of time to realize we can take this stuff from the dirt and we can build something. Even our bodies. I was looking up science stuff this week. Our bodies are made mostly of, uh, of these four elements, nitrogen, carbon, oxygen, and something else. But either way, it's all found in the dirt. You find nitrogen in the dirt, oxygen is actually in the dirt, and then plants and trees that come from the dirt create all the oxygen that's in our atmosphere. It's pretty cool. Everything above the ground started off in the ground. It has been there the whole time. And even the very day that God created Adam and Eve was on purpose. Because the first five days, he created everything. And then once it was all done, once everything that was ever going to be needed was complete, he then created man from the dirt. And what did he say? This is yours. Take dominion. This is all yours. I've given it all to you. That's powerful. Right. That is a powerful thing that the Lord has been showing you for a long time. And here's the thing. When you realize it's all yours, when you realize this has all been given to me, you start to get real creative with it. Right. You start to really figure out how to use it. I mean, there could have been they could have harnessed electricity 5000 years ago. It just took a few thousand years to figure out how to harness electricity and turn a light bulb on. And they could have been using iPhones back in the day. They could have texted each other. They just didn't know how to turn those elements, didn't know how to take them out and use them. But you know what? They did start somewhere. They started with some tools. They started with this or that. But everything we see above the ground started off in the ground. I remember uh, there's this, this, this happened years ago when my family first moved to Gastonia. My dad was the pastor of Faith Methodist over on Ozark Avenue. And the first time we went over to see the property, I guess I was like five. And when the guy, the church custodian, opened the door to show us the church, it was kind of later at night. I remember the sun was down and um, the alarm went off. And I remember being so freaked out. I started crying because my five-year-old impression was an alarm is going off. We set it off. The police are now going to show up and arrest all of us. That's it. Our family's going to be in jail forever because this alarm is going off. That was my five-year-old understanding. Then I got a little bit older. When I was 17, 16 or so, my friends and I, some of you have heard this story, we'd come up here on the weekends and watch movies, like on our, our church screen and order pizza and stuff. It was like our hangout spot. But none of us had a key. So on Sunday, we would leave that window open. We'd pull that handle up. And then we'd come over on Friday and open it from the outside and crawl up through the window to watch the movies and stuff. And uh, one of my friends one day said, hey, what's going to happen if somebody thinks we're breaking into the church and they call the police? And I remember I was 16 years old and I said, well, then we'll just tell him my dad's the pastor. We can do this. Like we have the authority to do this. When I was five, I didn't quite understand the fact that we had the authority to be in that church. It didn't matter if an alarm was going off. But then by the time I was 16, I understood who my dad was. I understood the authority that we had in this building, in this neighborhood. And I understood that even if somebody shows up and says, what are you doing? I can just say, well, this is the authority. I have the authority to do this. Just don't have my key. (laughs) I didn't really have a key. But I understood what was on the inside. And when we understand what is on the inside, when we understand what exactly is in this dirt, right, it starts changing the way we act. It starts changing the way we think for the better. Instead of giving in to fear and stopping dead in our tracks when that voice says, no, you're not enough, we say, that's not who I am. I am enough. I'm enough in Jesus. He's given me more than enough. When you understand what is on the inside and what is in the dirt, you start pulling from it. You start pulling from it and using it. And then all of a sudden, instead of being the kid who's afraid that the alarm is going off, living in fear, you're the guy that says, no, I know who I am. It doesn't matter. And not only are you not walking in fear, you still have a pretty fun night watching movies and stuff. You can actually enjoy life even more when you understand who you are and what God has deposited on the inside of you. And we have been talking about that for the last four weeks. I could get into it, but go back and listen to those messages because, man, just a few of the things deposited in your spirit, healing, prosperity, uh, I mean... I, I, uh, that's two things. First Peter 2.24. By stripes you are healed. Philippians 4.19. You're blessed according to his riches. Uh, the knowledge, everything you ever need to know. You have the mind of Christ on the inside of you. That's what the Bible says, that you have been given the mind of Christ. Listen, if he knows something, it's in here. And guess what? He knows it all. Man, when you're standing in front of a a path and you can go left or right, man, he has the answer. And it says in Isaiah that you'll hear a voice and you'll know which way to go. I believe that. He's not withholding answers from you. Peace is in here. Joy is in here. And perfect love is on the inside of you power, love, and a sound mind. That sound mind is the mind of Christ. That power on the inside of you is every promise that God has ever spoken. It's on the inside of you. That love on the inside of you in 1 John, it says it's the love of Jesus. And you know what perfect love does? It casts out fear. There's no fear on the inside of here. It's coming against you. Don't let it in. It has no authority. I want to invite Brandon to come up and give you a quick testimony real quick. He shared with me before the service. Uh, This is powerful because Brandon put some of this in action this week. So please tell them this testimony. Give them a little backstory. After Brandon gives you this testimony, I'm going to come back with one more point to close this series out. And I believe it's all going to work together to be really powerful in our lives today.
1: All right. So uh, earlier this year, the Lord put the desire in my heart to get my commercial general contractor's license and uh, it actually came while I was preparing to minister back in January. BJ had asked me to minister at uh, Gastonia Street Ministry, and I don't believe if I would actually said yes to putting the kingdom of God first and, and stepping into that door ministry that this, the desire would have come. Um, so, so the desire was in my heart to get my contractor's license, and so the test I took, it's, um, it's called the NASCO exam, and it's 23 books, it's open book test, but like, you have to know where to look for the answers, and like, there's a lot of overlap with the, the books and stuff. So, um, so I took the exam Friday, and so like a month and a half prior, I spent a lot of time studying, like, I mean, hours, hours. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I really, really studied. And um, so I went Friday to take the exam, and you get five hours, 125 questions. And it's an engineering level exam, and I don't have an engineering degree. <laughs> and um, so, like, started the test, first few questions, I couldn't answer them. Like, it was, like, I just, I didn't know, and um, so, like, I sk- skipped over those questions, and, like, fear started coming against me. You know, started feeling anxious, and these thoughts that, you know, that I had wasted all this time studying for this test, that I was going to fail, and, uh, like, the imagination come to me, like of me getting up and walking out. Like, it was like that bad, my heart pounding and, and things. And uh, so, what I did is I started praying in the Spirit under my breath, and I started saying, I am going to pass this test today. I started saying that. and. But you know, it goes back to God put that desire in my heart. Yeah. You know, so like it wasn't just something that I thought about doing. Yeah. So like I knew that it was His will for me to be there to take that test and to pass it that time. You know, I wasn't going to accept that I could just retake it because I'm not a fan of wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so I started praying in the spirit and declaring that I am going to pass this test today. And those feelings of anxiety. They just, they went away and I passed the test. And um, so like, I'm a step closer, to get my license. And so like, I just remember this, like when you've done everything you, you know to do to prepare in the natural, you got to factor in the anointing because the anoint when you've done your natural part, God will put his super on it and that's the anointing. And the anointing is what enables us to do all things. Amen. Come on.
0: Second Peter chapter one, three through four says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. We use this verse quite a bit in one of the last series as we did. You've been given everything pertain to life and godliness. And how do you activate it? Through the knowledge of him that has called us us to glory and virtue. Man, that's what Brandon was talking about. He's sitting there in the mind, or or something's coming against him saying, you can't do it. And he begins to say, no, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ. Begins to get a different picture on the inside. Didn't quit. Didn't walk out, like the imagination was saying, right? Walk out. Didn't do it. And he ended up passing it. That's awesome. According to the the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We have been given everything we could ever need. Do you know how you get apples out of the ground, right? You put a seed in the ground. You know, this phrase, people say it a lot, you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the amount of apples in a seed. Kind of get what they're saying. It's also kind of not true, because you know, everything that needs, uh, everything that that apple needs to be created is not in the seed, it's in the ground. The seed activates the ground, and then you get an apple tree. The seed activates the ground, and you get orange trees. The seed activates the ground, and you get an oak tree. The oak is already in there. Everything to create apples is already in the ground. The seed activates the ground, pulls the correct nutrients together, and you get apple trees. Remember this picture. Everything we've ever needed was in the ground before God ever created Adam and said, it's all yours. Man, when you get born again, everything you ever need is in your spirit. It is in there, but let me tell you, it can lay in there completely dormant until you put that seed in there and watch it grow. You got to put that seed and plant it in your heart. The seed, Jesus said in the book of Matthew, in the parable of the farmer, and the seed, he said the seed is the word. It's not just happy thoughts. It's not just positive thinking. A lot of time people call the word just positive thinking. But the difference is there's no power behind positive thinking in and of itself. But there is power when you declare the word. It just happens to be very positive for the believer. Right? When you plant the seed of the Word in your heart, it activates what is in here. It activates what the Lord has deposited in your spirit. And when you plant spiritual apples, you're going to get apples. You get the seeds you plant. When you plant joy, you're going to see joy, a harvest. When you sow finances. You're going to see an abundance. You're going to see a harvest of finances. You don't plant. Every farmer knows what they planted, even if they forget exactly a seed they sow. When it comes up from the ground, they know, oh yeah, I planted corn. Oh yeah, I planted this. I planted that. You don't get a harvest of seed you don't sow, but it's all right there in the ground. You just got to plant the right seed. Whatever you need in life, Man, it is within you, in your spirit. The promises of God are yes and amen. If you're wondering why you're not seeing the promises of God on the outside, plant a seed. That's what Brittany talked about last week. Declare the word. Speak it into your situation. Speak it over your situation. Say it out loud. When fear comes against you and says you're not enough, man, say out loud what the word says. When, when the enemy comes against you and, and tells you that you're going to deal with this or that sickness, speak the word out loud and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the, by the blood of Jesus, every curse is broken over my life. You will get what you plant. The ground won't produce without a seed and the stuff that is resident in your spirit will stay right there without the seed of the word, just like the ground has everything you could ever need. I mean, uh, iPhones and space shuttles existed in the ground 5,000 years ago in a way. No one dug up a space shuttle, but it was all right there. It was all right there. When we learn what we have, and we learn how to use it, we plant the seed, you will see a harvest. It's powerful. What does that have to do with sound mind? Well, if you know how to plant and grow crops, you're not going to worry about going hungry. Right? If you know how to tend a garden, you're not going to worry about the shelves in the grocery store being stocked or unstocked, because you realize that grocery store is not your source. I got a yard. I can get some seed, we got sunlight, we got rain. I can grow things myself. I stumbled across a clip from, uh, I think it was the show, um, the one, King of the Hill. Remember King of the Hill? It was just a clip uh, on Facebook or Instagram or something. And it was uh, evidently like from way back in the year 1999. And all the people on the show were worried about Y2K. And uh, they were buying a Christmas tree. And the guy they brought the Christmas tree from uh, his name was Chappy or something. And he says, uh, he says something like t- t- to the guy. He's like, so what do you think about Y2K? Are all the computers going to go crazy? And this guy says, he goes, he owned the Christmas tree farm. He's like, I grow my own plants. I don't watch TV. He says, I, 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 he just goes through all this stuff, how he lives off the land. And he goes, good Lord, please help Y2K to happen. <laughs> he's just, he's <laughs> begging for it. This guy's like. He's like, I don't need any of this stuff. And he's like ready to see it all burned down. (laughs) But let me tell you, Chappie on King of the Hill knew what he could get out of the ground, so he didn't care if all the computers crashed or whatever. I mean, that's a goofy example. But let me tell you, when you know what you have, when you know what's on the inside, you will operate out of a sound mind because you won't be shaken when the news says there's a shortage of whatever. You won't be shaken when the economy says uh, things aren't looking up. In fact, they're looking down because you know the economy is not your source because you know there's seed time and there's harvest time. And if you plant the word in your heart, As a born-again believer, you will see a harvest because it's all in here. We're not trying to get it. We're not on our knees begging God to give us everything that we need. That's why Jesus said it is finished because he already finished the work and has now deposited that in you through the Holy Spirit. Man, that's good news. Plant the seed, whatever you're going through, open this up. Find the scripture that you need. Plant it in your heart. Meditate on it. Man, I I like to get old school. I write down scriptures on index cards to this day and I put them in my pocket. So when I put something in my pocket, I reach in, half the time it just falls out and I got to bend over and pick it up. But every time I do it, I can see that scripture. I saw one in my closet this morning that fell out of a pair of jeans and I just read it. Man, put it in front of you, not religiously, but because you know it's a seed that will bear fruit. Amen? Man, that's good. If you've been dealing with fear and anxiety at all lately, I hope this series has helped you get free from that. Fear is an attack. Anxiety is an attack. Build the walls around your mind with the Word of God. Counterattack with the Word of God. And know that when you do it, that seed is being planted, and that good ground that you have inside of you because of Jesus will produce a harvest every time. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together and get the band back up here. We're gonna respond with the word. Nope, we're gonna respond to the word with worship. thank you Jesus well if you're new with us this is how we close out services normally we're going to worship for just a few moments then I'm going to I'll come back up and we'll have some prayer ministers up here and you'll head on your way I do hope you'll join us next week for Easter it's going to be a great time bring your family sometimes people say yes to coming to church on Easter that won't say yes the whole rest of the year but you know what Man, bring them, because anything can happen. One moment in the presence of God can change an entire lifetime. Don't give them condemnation. Don't tell somebody, hey, I know you only come once a year. Come on. No. Just smile and say, come on to church. And When they say yes, man, just be nothing but happy. Be nothing, do nothing but rejoice with them. They can see breakthrough. One word from God can change anything. One moment in his presence can change everything. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for your completed work. Thank you for depositing every promise in our spirit. Thank you that you told us that when we plant the word in our heart, we will see a harvest. And you know, you do have some uh, some, some, work to do on your own. I don't even like calling it work, but you do have some actions that need to take place once you plant the word. Jesus was very clear in his parable about the sower sowing seed, he says, if you allow the cares of this world to come into your life after you plant the seed in your heart, they'll, the, the, the harvest will get choked out like with thorns. Or if you allow the enemy to come in and so strife and envy into your life and things like that, it'll be like the, it'll be like the birds, allowing the birds to come steal that seed before it takes root. So plant the word in your heart and then keep planting the word in your heart. Keep declaring it out loud. It's like water for the seed. It's like giving it sunlight. Just keep doing it, and you will see a harvest.